morning, or depending when you're listening to this, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. My name is Ross, and as always told, out of voice of radio, so I made a podcast all about the Pokemon trading card game, and you're listening to PTCG Radio. And look, I know it's not Wednesday. I'd love it if it were Wednesday. That would make me very happy indeed. But the point is, ladies and gentlemen, we're here, we're doing a podcast. I've been a very busy boy because of the weekend I was at the UK Games Expo. Awesome. I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. So, I got back at about midnight, well, about quarter to midnight if we're being pedantic. And I kind of like being pedantic. On Sunday... And then it was back to work Monday morning, catching up on all the YouTube stuff. So it's kind of been pushed, but I've been pretty productive this week. And I, yeah, I think I'm doing, I think I'm doing all right. So I've sat down on Friday and I've actually got nothing. I mean, there's plenty, there's a lot I could be doing. But I'm trying to make a point every so often of just taking an evening going, no, I've got my videos done. I've queued up. I could do stuff, but I'm going to be a good boy and just do a little bit less work here or there. So, being a good boy. But I was like, well, if I'm not doing any videos, uh, it gives me a chance to sit and record the podcast. And recording the podcast is not like making videos where it's, you know, quite a lot of work and editing and then thumbnails and tags and all of that. I suppose I have to do some tags. It's literally just sit down, get the video done, get on with me life. Wait, no. Podcast. You know what I mean? Now, a couple bits of really good news before we get going. I don't think I've mentioned any of these yet. Firstly, and there's no guarantee, but I feel moderately confident. I think I'm going to hit 40,000 subs on YouTube tomorrow. I think so. There's no guarantee. It's not confirmed. I'm sitting at 20 away at the moment. If I've not hit it in the next 24 hours, there's no guarantee. But if I don't hit it in the next 24 hours, then that means I will have had a... um. A very slow day in terms of new subs. So I'm kind of psyched about that. Now, I remember really clearly, a couple of few years ago now, I was walking along. I dropped my friend home. We've been out chatting. And I was, I was saying as I dropped back, we're talking about YouTube and stuff. And I wasn't at 4,000 then. And I remember saying, look, I think I can get to kind of 4,000. I think I can get to 4,000 to stick around there. And enough people who watch me videos to make it worthwhile. And I was like, I think if I really kind of try and put my all in and do my best, I think I can get to 4,000. This is 10 times that. When I started doing the commentary for YouTube back in, oh, not for YouTube, sorry, for TPCI, for the officially, back in 2016, I had about 4,000 subs. And this is 10 times that. I remember when I when I quit my job up country and moved down to um, to Cornwall, to propose to and marry my then-girlfriend, now-wife, the November of the first year, I was coming up to Christmas, and my students were getting really excited, because I got a new job teaching, and my students were getting really excited, because I was about to hit 10,000, and now I should be hitting 40. That honestly is nuts, and any of you listening who subscribe, watch any of my videos, any of that, it really, honestly, genuinely, it means so much, it's it's nuts, if I'm honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's so weird. Because, like, 10,000 was a number I never thought I would get to. 40,000? It's just... It's just silly. But in a genuinely good, awesome, I'm delighted kind of way. Now, I'm not really celebrating on PTCG Radio this weekend. I will be doing my first couple videos this weekend for the Final Fantasy trading card game. I told you I'm going to start covering them. I think I did anyway. So I'm psyched about that. Incidentally, if any of you want to get into the Final Fantasy TCG, the first video I'm doing to probably Sunday, actually, is a beginner's guide that goes over kind of the basics of what you need to know. Basically, it's a video full of stuff that I wish someone would have made for me when I was getting into the game. So that would be kind of cool. So yeah, fun times. 40,000 is just... Just ridiculous. Honestly, genuinely, utterly ridiculous. And I'm... I'm just delighted. So thank you, huge thank you to all of you. And very much following on from that, I quit my job a few weeks ago. I don't think I've said it on this podcast yet. I think I've, I've put it out there as not some kind of giant secret. It was for a little bit, it's not anymore. 
I quit my job. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm going to be some YouTube megastar and it doesn't mean YouTube is all I do. It means that I no longer rely on... No, that's strictly true. It... Not strictly true. I think I can now not have to rely on it. I think that's what it means. We'll find out, frankly, ladies and gentlemen, but I think it means I don't have to rely on it. I think it means that I can do cover teaching and spend more time on the YouTube and this will be good. I don't like turning down events. I don't like when people get in touch with me to ask about a project and I say, sorry, I'm working. And what quitting full-time teaching will do is allow me to do that. It means that when someone gets in touch with a cool project, I can find the time. It means if I'm invited to an event, I will be able to go. It also means I should be able to put more time into the YouTube. Doesn't mean I'm not teaching. It means I'll be cover teaching. And I'll be teaching quite a lot. I'm not quitting teaching. What it means is I'm in a great position where I can teach when I have to and not when I don't want to, if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. So 40,000 subs on YouTube combined with quitting full-time teaching, that, that's good times in the Wassy household, ladies and gentlemen. I, for one, am delighted. Now, we did obviously get all the news about Sword and Shield this week. Now, in terms of Dynamax and what that's going to mean for the Pokemon TCG, if I have some time over the next couple of weeks, I will do a video about how I think it could and will be brought into the Pokemon TCG. Maybe that's something I should be prioritizing now, but I really want to get my thoughts together before I make that video. I've got some ideas. What I would, and I don't think this is going to happen. What I would really like is an asymmetrical multiplayer game. So literally a four on one where five players, one of them plays Dynamax and the other four players just regular Pokemon. I think you would have to release your own separate kind of theme deck, your own product for that. I, for one, would love to see it happening. I don't think it's going to, but I would be utterly, utterly delighted if it did. So the UK Games Expo then. What, what went on at the UK Games Expo? Well, I had a lot of fun. On the first day, I actually had a press pass of all things. I saw somebody, and I did meet this person at the Games Expo, and I forgot to thank them for it, which makes me sad. I should send them a message. But I saw somebody posted on the Keyforge group, hey, I've got a press pass for the UK Games Expo. And I went, well, hang on a second. I got more subs than them. Shouldn't I have a press pass? And I was a good boy. I applied through Wassy Plays because there was no real Pokemon representation at the UK Games Expo. For those that don't know, it's a re it's, I think it's the third biggest in Europe tabletop gaming convention. Big tabletop gaming thing. What I really loved, I've been to some, well, basically DreamHack. I've been to some big gaming conventions, video gaming. And at video game conventions, everyone's kind of waiting in line to play games for themselves. Whereas at tabletop gaming conventions, people were using every available table, and there are many tables, to play games with people, oftentimes strangers. And certainly I used basically every spare minute to play Keyforge often with strangers, and it was a lot of fun. It was really, really cool. So I went there on the Thursday of a press pass, and I started talking to... I basically looked for games that, firstly, I thought were cool, and secondly, the kind of games that you guys might like. So generally card-related and based on property. So whereas the God of War game wasn't really a card game per se... It's based on God of War, so I think it's the kind of thing that you guys might get a kick out of. And I'm going to be covering some of these games over on Wassy Plays, so do check them out. I would be really happy if you did. We're going to start, I say, at the moment, we're really focusing on... Key, well, we have been focusing on Keyforge and Transformers, but I'm going to move on to do quite a lot of Final Fantasy stuff soon. And then moving into board games as well. Because I can do kind of one-off videos on board games. I don't have to focus on them. I do a video showing it off just because I think it's cool. And then maybe a video of how to play. And maybe one video of gameplay. And, and that's basically about it, to be honest with you. Which is cool. That's why I like the idea of covering the odd board game. Because, well, it's much easier. 
The downside of covering board games is it gets extremely expensive very, very quickly. Though I have found out that apparently if you are a member of the press, and that's taken on a very wide definition nowadays, you can get review copies of games, which I legit would use to review on the channel. So... I, I may or may not have already applied for some review copies of some games which I think look pretty gosh darn cool. And, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, ladies and gentlemen. Keep your eyes posted. Anyway, this is Pokemon. This isn't Wassy Play. So, what are we going to be doing today? Well, oh, no, sorry. I didn't tell many UK Games Expo stories. So, I commentated Keyforge, and that was awesome. So, I've now done official commentary for Pokemon with the Pokemon Company International, and for Keyforge with Fantasy Flight Games. So the question now is what other games can I learn and what other companies can I try and convince to do commentary? I mean, if I get good enough with Final Fantasy, might I be able to convince Square Enix to do streams? I'll be honest, I got on the first streams for Pokemon in Europe and I got on the first stream for Keyforge generally. Square Enix already stream and have people on commentating, so... I don't know, maybe that'll be a bit, bit more difficult. We'll see, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see. But I met a lot of cool people. I played a bunch of Keyforge. I did some commentary, which was super fun. Everyone was really nice. I got to room with my good friend Tommy Roberts, who I haven't mentioned on the podcast that much lately. But, oh, there are... um. If you go back a couple of years, there are a lot of Tommy Roberts references. My good friend, Tommy Roberts. So, yeah. Generally speaking, it was fun. We won't talk too much about it. I did talk more about it on the bonus pod over at patreon.com slash ptcgradio. So get involved in that if you so wish. So yeah, there we go. Also, no pressure, but I'm 18 away as I'm recording this now. I'm getting to, yay. And my wife said we can have like pizza, takeaway pizza, like proper nice pizza tomorrow if... Ooh, 17 away. If I hit it by tomorrow evening... I remember when I hit 30k, weirdly 30k also happened on a Saturday. And I remember driving to the place, and they were really rude, so I'm not going to name them. And I hadn't hit 30k when I actually set off in the car. And my wife was like, look, you're close enough, you're definitely going to hit it, you deserve it. And I was like, no, this is a 30k celebration. And I literally checked my phone as I got to the pizza place and saw I'd ticked over to 30k. Oh, that made me happy. We should, if everything goes to plan, be cutting it a bit less fine this weekend. But you never know when YouTube are going to do one of their culls and I'll lose like 50 to 100 subs. I don't seem to have as many bots as a lot of channels do. So when the, and YouTube every so often does just cull a whole bunch of bots and inactive accounts. I usually lose 50 to 100, but I don't usually lose thousands like a lot of people do. That would make me really sad. Right, anyway, so what we're going to do this week, we're going to flick through Miracle Twin. That is a new set that's just come out in Japan. And we are going to run through, I don't think I'm going to try and comprehensively go through every card, but we're going to run through the cards that you need to know. We're going to be extremely quick about some which I don't think are particularly good. But there have been some early results using these cards, so the ones that have seen some success, I can clue you in on. There's a Yamega, it does 100 for free energy, and you discard one, it's not good. There is a Celebi that devolves one of your opponent's Pokemon for one grass energy, it's not terribly exciting. Incidentally, you can find analyses of all of these cards over on my channel, youtube.com slash ptcgradio, so if you want to know more about any of them, do go check them out. There is a Levani that's got an ability whereby your grass Pokemon take 40 less from attacks. Now, like the Incineroar that does 30 more from unbroken bonds, this does not stack. So you can only use one of these at a time. But remember we're getting the Rowlet and Alolan Executor Tag Team GX in Miracle Twin? Oh, sorry, Unified Minds it is over here. And that will allow you to evolve a basic right up to a stage 2 with an attack for zero energy. Something to bear in mind, Levani could be a nice tech in those decks. There is an Amoongus that's got an ability whereby if you play a Pokemon with Spore from your hand, then your opponent's active is both asleep and poisoned. Now the only Pokemon with Spore we've actually got are Fungus and Breloom. Annoyingly not Shroomish. It's just Breloom and Fungus. So either you bench a Fungus or evolve into Breloom with an Amoongus out. 
and your opponents will be asleep and poisoned. That's kind of cool. Psyduck and Slowpoke we have talked about previously. Two water energy. Discard as many supporter cards from your hand as you like. 40 more for each one discarded in this way. I've already shown you the two winning lists on the channel. And this is, this is legit. Now, there's a couple cards in the set that really help. There's Misty's Wish that searches out any free supporter cards. And then you've got... Lapras, whose ability lets you grab a Misty's Wish from the discard and put it into your hand. So if you've got four Lapras on the bench and four Misty's Wish, you can basically always recover all four of them and always discard all four of them every turn. And then that's a minimum 160. If you use one of the Misty's Wish, that turns one supporter into three. So now you've got six supporters every turn. That's 240. And what people are doing over in Japan is they're doing weird stuff like using Lance Prism Star to get out. Because when the Pokemon gets KO'd, you grab any two Pokemon from your deck and put them on your bench. So they're using Lance Prism Star to support her to grab out two Dragonite from Team Up, each of which lets you search for a supporter every turn. Or they're using stuff like Looker Whistle and Judge Whistle. Looker Whistle lets you search for two Looker. Judge Whistle lets you recover a Judge from the discard pile. And they're just ways of making sure you've got more supporters in hand. Slowpoke and Psyduck is legit. There's a Luminion that for a double colorless energy does 50 damage and moves an energy from your opponent's active to one of their bench. I don't think we're in the right format for this because we've got too much energy acceleration and not enough special energy. But Smoochum used to do this in Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver, and it was good. And we saw Ambipom G do this, and that was quite good. So don't sleep on this, ladies and gentlemen. This, this could be kind of cool. We've got Basculin, which for one colorless energy, does 20 damage to one of your opponent's bench Pokemon for each Basculin in play. So it's quite a commitment to get them all out onto your bench. But if you've got four Basculin out, and it is four of your six Pokemon, but if you've got four Basculin out, that's sniping for 90. That is a lot of bench damage, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't sleep on this. This, this could be legitimately good. This Basculin could see some play, and it could see some love, and I worry that you've not got enough bench space to play stuff to deal with bigger, bulkier Pokemon while you're sniping the little guys, but I still think this is pretty cool. Now, we are getting a Caracosta. Now, this has an ability, it's a stage two, whereby each of your opponent's Pokemon tools have no effect. Quite cool. And the attack for a fighting double colorless does 80 plus 20 more for each colorless energy in your opponent's retreat cost. So this is quite nice. I mean, you turn off a skateboard, which is huge, and it's just a decent attack as a water Pokemon. The thing is, we're getting a couple of other cards which is just going to help us play, which are going to help us play fossils. So we're getting Laboratory, which is a stadium, whereby once during your turn, you may search your deck for two Pokemon that evolve from unidentified fossil, put them on your bench, and it ends your turn. Now, to be clear, Caracosta does not evolve from unidentified fossil. Tertuga does. But it basically means that you can grab your Tertuga and your... um. Omanyte and your Kabuto and your Aerodactyl and just chuck them all down and your Aerodactyl's just there ready to go and your Kabuto and all are ready to evolve up. I like this. And then we got Caracosta GX that has got a GX attack that lets you search your, I believe, discard pile for as many Pokemon as you like that evolve from unidentified fossil. Put them straight onto your bench. We've got a much easier time getting fossil Pokemon out. So playing a deck with Caracosta and you you want the Kabutops that block supporters and you want the Aerodactyl that does 180 if you've got no GXs in play, get Caracosta GX off the field, obviously. And yeah, quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of cool. Araquanid has an attack for one water, two colorless energy which does 80 damage and increases both your opponent's attack and retreat cost by one the following turn, combined with Wonder Labyrinth Prism Star for extra fun. Now, there's a Golisopod that initially looks a bit bad, but I think it's actually kind of good. 
It's the first water one we've ever had. And the ability says that if it's got two or fewer energy attached to it, it's got no retreat. And the attack for one water-free colorless energy does 120. But if you became active this turn, it does 180. But the thing is that we've got triple acceleration energy. So you get one water on there, and then you attach triple acceleration energy, hit for 180, it falls off. You've now got free retreats. So you retreat to another Golisopod, hit for 180. I kind of love it. There's a Galvantula that for one colorless energy hits 50 to the bench. 60 would take out a bunch of evolving Pokemon. This is annoying. There's an Electric whereby you can pile lightning energy on. Discard them all and do 30 for each one you discarded. As a last ditch effort to take your last prize, I kind of like it. And it can one hit KO any Pokemon, which is not what you can say about a lot of lightning Pokemon. Remember, we've got the Electrode in Team Up, whereby when you evolve into it, you can move all of your lightning energy around the field as you like. And this could be cool. And it evolves into Electros. And Electros has got an ability whereby if you've got four lightning energy in play, you can just bench Electros. Move as much over as you like, and you don't even need to go through the usual thing. You can just put it straight down on the bench. Now, the attack is lightning-free, colorless, 130, and it stops your opponent retreating, which isn't great. But when you're not evolving up in the usual way, and you've got 150 HP as essentially a basic, I'm kind of loving it. We're getting a new Tapu Koko for two lightning, one colorless energy, 100 damage, but 200 to an Ultra Beast and then discard two energy. Remember we got stuff like Tapu Koko, Prism Star and Thunder Mountain that essentially turn this into one colorless energy. And remember this will one hit KO a whole bunch of stuff like Ultra Necrozma, etc. And Blacephalon. And you're not quite getting everything, but do remember Electro Power. This could be cool. Mewtwo and Mew, I'm convinced, will go down as the best Tag Team GX we ever get. The ability allows you to copy the GX attacks of, oh, sorry, any attacks of any GX Pokemon, the GX attack or normal attacks, either on your bench or in the discard. Yes, that does mean that you can whack a Stage 2 in the discard and then copy the attacks. And in expanded format, you got stuff like Dimension Valley. It's going to be nuts, ladies and gentlemen absolutely nuts we're getting a new executor uh two psychic one colorless 180 damage discard your hand bit of a pain to get rolling but it's 180 for free energy on a stage one you know people are going to play around with this and try and make it work we're getting a new jinx once during a turn you may move a damage counter from one of your pokemon to another one of your pokemon so stuff like spiritomb that does more damage for each damage counter on it is kind of cool Stuff like Stunfist that does more damage for each damage Pokemon you've got in play is kind of cool. Or you can just heal off Pokemon, screw with your opponent's maths, etc. I kind of like it. There's a new Why Not. Now remember the baby Pokemon. Hey Nick! Except these are actual baby Pokemon. So I take that back. No, hey Nick! Hey Nick, if you're listening to this, hit me up on Facebook. I want to know if you're still listening. I, I test them every so often, I don't know why. Like all the baby Pokemon, 60 HP, free retreat, no attacks, and an ability whereby you flip a coin and regardless of the outcome, your turn ends. If heads, choose a card from your opponent's hand randomly and they shuffle it into their deck. Kind of fun in a disruption deck, but I don't think it's worth giving up an attack. And even in a stall deck where you're going to give up your attack anyway. Something like Happiny that can heal 60, Tyrogue that can do 30, Cleffa that can give you a new hand of 6. I think they're better. I think they're all strictly better than Why Not. Latios GX can only attack if you've got 5 or more Pokemon in play. But remember, Power Plant's a thing, and Power Plant will turn off this ability if you're desperate. The attack, Psychic Double Colorless, 120 damage. And then it cannot be damaged by tag team Pokemon during your opponent's next turn. That's pretty cool. There's going to be a lot of decks that will have a bunch of non-GXs like Zapdos that you can just take out with this attack. But then they're not able to hit you with tag teams. And this could be good. I've already seen this teched into some decks in Japan. 
It's got a GX attack for one psychic energy that stops your opponent using their GX attack during the game. But essentially, your GX attack doesn't do anything but turn theirs off. And you had to use your attack to turn it off. They didn't. So I'm not sure how much I love it. There is a Bahiam that's bringing back item lock. And free colorless energy. But remember, triple acceleration energy is a thing. 90 damage. Shuffle this Pokemon and all cards attached to it into your deck. And then you item lock your opponent. The thing is, triple acceleration energy falls off at the end of the turn, by which point you've already shuffled this back into your deck. This is going to work like the Excel Gore from Dark Explorers and double colorless energy. And you're just hitting 90 a turn with item lock. Someone is going to make a busted deck with this, and I for one am fairly excited to see it. We're getting Aegislash. Now it's got an ability whereby if it's knocked out, you put all the Pokemon into your hand, you lose all of everything else. You lose all the energy and tools, etc. Here's the cool thing, though. It's basically rescue energy or splash energy. So if you've got one Honage and one Dublade on the bench, Aegislash gets knocked out. You evolve the Dublade into Aegislash, the Honage into Dublade, bench the Honage, and you've basically always got Aegislash for as long as you want. Now, the attack does, for one colorless energy, 10 damage for each item card in your discard, up to a maximum 130. That's kind of cool. Now, it will be 10 shy of getting Mewtwo and Mew, but come on. Just put, uh, what's it, Shrine of Punishment down at any point during the game. Literally any point during the game, and you'll be absolutely fine. Now... I know that Psychic Pokemon can get rid of their weakness with Jirachi GX. Incidentally, Jirachi GX just turns off the weakness of Psychic Weak Pokemon. That's what it does. But nobody really cares. Because, well, Power Plant. And I know you can't play Power Plant and Shrine of Punishment at the same time. But come on, ladies and gentlemen. All you need to do is have the Shrine of Punishment down at any point, And you'll be absolutely fine. Big fan of this one, ladies and gentlemen. Big fan of Aegislash. If you're playing a counter deck, and if you've been listening to this for a while, you probably know I kind of like my counter decks. If you're playing counter decks, this is going to be a great counter for stuff like Mew Mew. Which is kind of cool. There is a Necrozma coming out. Double colorless energy, 30 damage, takes 30 less the following turn, not loving it. Psychic, Psychic, Colorless, 100 damage, 160, if there's any special energy attached to you. That's cool. That's really cool. Because you can play this in a Malamar Ultra Necrozma deck with unit energy, and this will work quite nicely. Now, we are getting a Steelix, and this Steelix is weird. It's 170 HP Stage 1, which is gigantic. And the first attack, one fight, it is the first, it is the first fighting type Steelix we've ever had in 20 years. Now I know that Mega Steelix was part fighting, but it was mostly steel and it evolved, I know it's 50-50, and it evolved from a steel EX, so I'm not counting it. It took 20 years to get a fighting Steelix, and it's part ground type in the games. Maybe they thought a fighting type Pokemon with steel in the name might be confusing. So Steelix then fights, sorry, one fighting energy, 20 damage, attach two fighting from your discard pile to this Pokemon. Fighting four colorless, remember triple acceleration gives three of them, 220 damage. It's 170 HP Pokemon that does 220, there's got to be a downside, there is. None of your Pokemon can attack next turn. And no, you cannot cheat this by benching a Pokemon the following turn. You've got to take a turn off of attacking. But if you can KO a tag team GX, because remember you've got stuff like Diancy Prism Star, and you've got stuff like, what are we talking about here? Um, Martial Arts Dojo. This could be cool. The other thing is, if you're behind on prizes, with a Black Belt attached and a Triple Acceleration Energy, you just need one colorless energy. So if you can get one energy on and then next turn energy, triple acceleration energy, you are rolling. But you can only attack every other turn. I leave it up to you to decide if it's good enough. 
Aerodactyl GX, when it's in the active, your opponent's basic Pokemon's attacks cost one colorless energy more. Another one you may wish to combine with Wonder Labyrinth Prism Star. Quite frankly, it's going to slow your opponents down, and that amuses me. There is a Heracross... Oh, sorry, there was also an attack here. Um, it's not amazing. Fighting double colorless 120, meh. One fighting energy, 50 damage for each energy attached to your opponent's active Pokemon. Very much like Gumshoes GX without the base 10. It's fine. I'm more of a fan of the Caracosta I mentioned. Now we're getting a Heracross, one colorless energy. If your opponent used their GX attack during their last turn, you shuffle their active Pokemon and all cards attached to it into their deck. You could gust up a different Pokemon and shuffle that in if you wish. The thing is, this is once during the game. You take away a threat after they've used their GX attack. It's fine, but the fact that it's only good one turn during the game does make me think that it's not going to see a huge amount of play. We are getting a new Breloom, and what is really cool here is that this has actually seen a little bit of play. I've already seen two winning lists focused around it, and it's only been legal for just over a week. Now, one Grass Energy, put them to sleep, no. It's a fighting type, but it's a fighting type that uses Grass Energy, which is kind of cool. And it hits weakness on Pikachu and Zekrom, which is also kind of cool. It does 30 for one grass energy, but if they're asleep, you do 90 more damage. So what you do is basically use a combination of Mareep and a skateboard. Mareep, when it's in the active, can put your opponent's active to sleep. And just hit 120 for a single energy on a single prize Pokemon. This, this can be really good. I don't know if I can say the same thing about Relicanth. One colorless energy, search for a trainer card, put it in your hand, shuffle your deck. The problem with Relicanth is that it's just... You really want to recover your items, your trainers and all later on in the game. But by the time you get to later on in the game, it's... You need to be attacking, frankly. Boo hiss, etc. Now, we're getting a new Excadrill. And look, I'm an Excadrill fanboy. I love me some Excadrill. One of my favorite Gen 5 Pokemon. I've got a Drillbur, Plush Upstairs and everything. I'm recording in the kitchen because Baby Daisy's asleep. When she's awake, I get to record in my studio. When she's asleep, well, technically it's a dining room, but same kind of deal. But this is a legitimately good Excadrill. For one fighting energy, take four cards in your discard pile and shuffle them into your deck. It's basically Orangaroo, the one from Ultra Prism that's really good and seeing a lot of play. Except you get four cards rather than three. You shuffle them into your deck rather than putting them on the bottom, meaning that you might draw into them more quickly. And it's a fighting type with a decent attack, fighting double colorless 90 damage. Essentially, when you've got an energy on there, you can triple acceleration energy and just hit 90. But you've also got stuff like Diancy Prism Star, Martial Arts Dojo, etc, etc. I really like this Excadrill. I know it's a stage one and it takes a fighting energy. But I think it's a better version of Oranguru, as long as you can afford the slightly extra space for the fighting, for the stage one, and then playing the fighting energy. We're getting a new Archeops, and remember what I said about restored Pokemon, fossil Pokemon being easier to get into play. It's got two good single energy attacks. One colorless energy, 40 damage, switch it to the bench. One colorless energy, 80 damage, automatically discard an energy from your opponent's active. I really like this. I think this could be good. I think we are getting to a stage where we can legit play a fossil deck. And that makes me kind of happy, if I'm honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's going to be kind of cool. Terrakian. Now, we still don't have a Terrakian GX, which is annoying because we've got Verizium, we've got Cabalion, and we're soon going to have Caldeo. So I don't know why we don't have Terrakian, but hey-ho. One fighting, two colorless energy, 50 damage, but if all your bench Pokemon are damaged, you do 200. Now, you can pay this more easily with stuff like Black's Belt, but do remember, Triple Acceleration Energy won't work. You're not, a uh, you're not an evolution, you're a basic. But 200 damage for free energy on a basic, that's got to be worth playing around with. Mega Sableye and Tyranitar, we have previously spoken about. 5 energy, 210 damage, but if you knock out an EX or a GX, you take one more prize. 
Yeah, that seems kind of worth it. You basically have to use Naganail and Weavile here. Weavile GX has an ability that moves your darkness energy around as you like, which is very cool. But you're taking extra prizes. The GX attack, 5 energy, 250, but if you've got 10 energy on, you discard the top 15 cards of your opponent's deck. And I know 10 energy is a lot, but so is milling a quarter of your opponent's deck. When they've already used a bunch of cards to set up, they've got stuff in their hand, they've got stuff in their prizes, in the discard, etc. You can sometimes win the game just straight off of this GX attack. It's really good. It's expensive and it's awkward, but I, I love it. I think it's going to be really good. Sableye's got an, uh, got an attack, sorry. One darkness energy, 10 damage. But if Sableye gets damaged the following turn by an attack, put eight damage counters on the attacking Pokemon. This could be fun. And at the moment, your opponent can Guzma around it. But remember when the rotation hits, we're losing Guzma, Countercatcher, Pokemon Catcher, Lycanroc, all our good dusting gusting options this could be fun drapeon attacks for free colorless energy but remember triple acceleration energy it's a stage one flip four coins 50 for each head if at least two of them are heads poison so on average 100 damage plus poison it's not amazing there might be better uses for triple acceleration energy but especially if you're hitting for darkness weakness i can see some love for this we are getting a new lipard that for a Darkness Double Colorless does 90 damage and stops your opponent's basic Pokemon attack in the following turn. Could shut some decks out if they're only playing basic Pokemon. There is a Scrafty that for two Colorless Energy does 20 damage, plus 20 more for each of your remaining prize cards. And the worst thing about this, this is the best Scrafty we've ever gotten. There is an Evil Town. We did have that weird one in team-up that went to free retreat at 110 HP, but it's back to 130 HP and a retreat cost of 2. 1 Darkness Energy, 20 damage, 40 if there's a stadium in play. If we ever get a way to increase the damage, think Diancy Prism Star for fighting Pokemon or Electric Electro Power for lightning Pokemon, then this is going to be great for taking out evolving Pokemon for a single energy. As it is at the moment, I think it's a little bit early or late or slow. But I think there's some love for this down the line. There is a Whimsicott that has an ability whereby when you evolve it, you may search your deck for any one card and put it into your hand. And this is what Roserade did, and Roserade saw a little bit of play. It's fine... I think it will be teched into some decks, especially for searching out things like Special Energy, which are traditionally much more difficult to actually go ahead and search out. It's not a bad card. I don't think it's going to see a huge amount of play, but I could see it seeing, being teched in here or there. There is a Dedene that for one colorless energy does 20 damage and draws until you have six cards in your hand. Fact of the matter is, we're moving into a format where we don't have stuff like Alolan Volpix as a turn 1 option. So we're going to need stuff to do on turn 1. And this, this could be it. This could be the stuff that we do on turn 1. Not saying it will be. I'm saying that there is a possibility. Cool. Alrighty then. Sorry, I've lost I've lost my place, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologize. Right, where are we to? Where are we to? Oh, new Dragonite. I like the new Dragonite. There's actually a GX and a non-GX. The non-GX has 160 HP, and for a water lightning double colorless does 170 and discards free energy. Basically, against non-GX and some of the weaker GXs like Dedene, this is awesome. Kind of awkward and expensive though, but it's got an ability whereby once during your turn before you attack, you may attach a water and a lightning energy from your hand to your Pokemon in any way you like. Well, that's going to help. But the Dragonite GX I absolutely adore. 250 HP, it's a stage 2 GX. But really here, I mean look, water lightning colorless 130 is fine, not great. GX attack, colorless energy, sightseer to 10. Discard as many cards from your hand as you like, then draw two, you got 10. It's fine. But five colorless energy, 270. 
When we can use Welder, we can use Triple Acceleration Energy, we can use Malamar, we can use anything. Does 270? Okay, you got to discard free energy, but that's where Triple Acceleration comes in. This will one-hit KO everything, except for, I want to say, Mega Sableye Tyranitar, which has 280. And then, obviously, your Magikarp and Wailord, because, you know, it's Magikarp and Wailord. They're the only two Pokemon that can take this hit. It's a little bit over the top. I know it's a stage two, but remember Lance Prism Star? When you've had a Pokemon KO'd, you can put it straight onto your bench. I think we could find some love for this, if I'm honest with you. I think this could work, ladies and gentlemen. I really do think it could work. Hey, maybe I'm wrong, but I got, I've got some love for this. I've got some excitement going on. I, I'm ex genuinely excited to test out Dragonite. There is a Noivern, one colorless energy, 20 damage to each of your opponent's Pokemon. This is good. This is really good. This is the best spreading Pokemon we're going to have. It's also got free retreat, incidentally, which is awesome. We're not going to have Tapu Koko. We're not going to have Latios after the rotation. I know this is a stage one. But free retreat, one colorless energy, 20 to everything is good. We are getting... Now, Japan had it in a recent set. We're also going to be getting it in Unified Minds. A Lurantis that for one energy did 10 to each. Well, this does 20. If you want to spread damage post-rotation, Noivern is your best option. There is a Tauros. Look. Tauros has Call for Family. Search for a couple of basic Pokemon and put them onto your bench. But who cares? It's just... It, it's not as good as... It's not as good as Dunsparce. Dunsparce is just objectively better. So I'm not a huge fan of that. And then 2 energy, 60 damage, 10 to yourself. The thing is... If we had double colorless energy post-rotation... I could look at this and go, well, you know what? There's an argument here. Go first, or go second, double colorless energy, 60, get a KO, take a prize. I'm loving it. But yeah, we're not even going to have that. There is a slacking. Now, I love slacking here. The ability says that if you're damaged by an attack when you're active, you put four damage counters on your opponent's attacking Pokemon. And it's got 180 HP, and at this stage, I should point out Giant Bomb. Giant Bomb is a tool card whereby if a Pokemon with it attached would take 180 damage, you get to drop 10 damage counters on the attacking Pokemon. Which means that if your opponent one-hits slacking with a Giant Bomb attached, they take 140 damage, 14 damage counters. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an awful lot of damage. And even the attack's pretty good. Four colorless energy, triple acceleration energy plus one, 100 damage, or you can do 200, yes please, and you take 100 more the following turn. But remember, you want to take 180 damage to activate Giant Bomb. We are incidentally losing Field Blower, so Giant Bomb will be much more difficult to get rid of. So, yeah, this is actually just good. I think Slacking could be a legit good deck. There is a Gumshoes, which is hilariously bad. It's only got one attack for two colorless energy, bearing in mind we're losing double colorless. 90 damage. But if you're attacking an EX or a GX, it only does 30. That's terrible. And there is an Oranguru, which, well, it wants to play a game. So what you do is you choose a Pokemon from your hand, put it face down. Your opponent guesses the type of the Pokemon, Fighting, Psychic, etc. If they're correct, they draw four cards, bearing in mind that is going into their turn. If they're wrong, you draw four cards. I don't think it's a particularly good Pokemon. I don't think it'll really see much play. But I do think it's an extremely interesting Pokemon, and that makes me rather happy indeed. And the last Pokemon, there is a Kamala. I adore the ability here. Now, the attack for one colorless energy puts it to sleep. But the ability says, if this Pokemon remains active between turns, i.e. if you flip for sleep and flip tails, 
place six damage counters on your opponent's active Pokemon. And really here, I'm looking at combining this with stuff like Marit, maybe? Or something like Vileplume, flip a coin if heads choose a special condition other than Paralysis. The defending Pokemon or your opponent's active is affected by it. You put them to sleep, you put you to sleep, they take six damage counters between turns. That's 60 after yours, which goes to 120 after theirs, which goes to 180 after yours. That's Radonk. And going slightly out of order, we're getting a new stadium card here, Slumber Forest. Slumber Forest says that you've got to flip two coins between turns for sleep. And if either of them is Tails, the Pokemon stays asleep. Well, with Kamala here, you want to stay asleep. And you want your opponent to stay asleep. So Slumber Forest just becomes one of these ridiculous no-brainer autoplay, yay, kind of cards. It's really kind of cool, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know that Kamala's going to be amazing, but I do know that I definitely want to have a play with Kamala. Now, what is kind of weird is we're getting Great Potion. And it heals 50 from your active Pokemon GX. And we're also getting Cherish Ball, which isn't actually, just like Weavile and Jirachi GX, they're actually in the um, Deoxys and Espeon, or Darkrai and Umbreon decks. But Cherish Ball lets you search for a GX, and Great Potion lets you heal 50 from your active GX. So we're getting item cards that help GXs. But GXs already have a ridiculous advantage in that they're GXs. And for a long time, we've been getting lots of cards that counter GXs. I find it strange that all of a sudden Pokemon are like, Nah, play GXs, you'll be fine. Little bit weird. Little bit weird. Incidentally, Celebi and Venusaur will adore Great Potion because healing 50, yes. We're getting Stadium Navigator. Flip two coins for each heads. Grab a Stadium card from your deck and put it into your hand. That's pretty cool. Uh, we've already talked about Giant Bomb. We've already talked about Misty's Request. Ah, oh, we're running out. Of, we've already talked about Laboratory, so we're running out of cars to talk about. We're getting Channeler. Remove all effects on you and your Pokemon. Now, these are effects of attacks only. So, if your opponent puts you to sleep with an attack, this will wake you up. But if they put you asleep with an ability, say Marip or Amoongus, you would not wake up. But it also takes away things like item lock. Because it's effects on you. Which is very cool. This strikes me as a really good one-off card for if you end up against something you're just not really expecting. And we've had red, we've had green. Both of them came in unbroken bonds. It's only fair we get a blues card. And we are getting blues strategy. At the end of the turn... Draw until you've got eight cards in hand. Now, I kind of like this, but it's your only supporter for the turn and you don't get to use it really until the end of your turn. That's kind of annoying. Maybe in a stall deck where you just want a big hand to begin your turn so you got all the tricks for disrupting your opponent. But whereas reds is really good and greens is redonk, I'm not 100% sure how much I love this personally. And I believe the last card we need to talk about is Weak Guard Energy. It's a colorless energy that takes away your weakness. And I've seen a bunch of people being down on this and all I've got to say is Flash Energy saw play. Flash Energy was only for lightning Pokemon and it saw play. I'm not saying this is going to see a huge amount of play in every archetype or any of that rubbish. But I am going to say that it's a really good card that I expect to see play essentially in any deck that can afford to play it. And I don't think every deck can. I think there's a bunch of decks that can't afford to play it. But I think the ones that can afford to play it will. And that's going to be pretty good. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. All the new cards from Miracle Twin. And we, you know, we pushed over a couple quite quickly, but we did mention all of them. When I say all of them, I mean all the fully evolved ones. Some stories from the UK Games Expo. And some good news from me personally. I'm going to leave you with 
the only negative from the UK Games Expo. So I was there at the press briefing on Thursday, and what I thought was really cool, in the event proper, there were these really impressive stands, and the games were all set up, and you could play the games, and people had really big areas, multiple games set out, loads of volunteers on hand to show you the games, really impressive things. But the press briefing, or the press preview, was three hours on Thursday night, just in a smaller hall down the corridor a little bit. And it was exactly like a school open evening. Every game had a table, they set up their game on the table, some of them had flyers to take away, and some of them had little posters or little standees that they could pull up and display. Exactly like a school open evening. And I talked to a bunch of people. I talked to the dudes making the God of War game. That looked really fun. I talked to a lovely Cornish pair. And I'm from Cornwall. They had a great, great game that was all kind of Cornish-based, which I, I had a great chat with them. And they may or may not have had chocolate coins and rum on their desk. Hopefully not in the real thing, but certainly at the press briefing. I mean, maybe at the press briefing. Uh, who else did I spoke? I spoke to a lovely group of guys whose game-making company logo was a red panda, but they didn't have any red panda-themed games. Although I spoke to them about one of their games that seems really cool. I spoke to somebody from Bandai about the Chrono Clash system. The first, it's basically a deck-building game where you don't buy, you basically buy it as a standalone thing, though they're releasing different expansions. And the first kind of pair that they're releasing this month for Naruto, and then in September they're releasing the next couple, which are Godzilla. I'm a little excited to see where this goes. Plus, they got to add, it's brand they got to add Dragon Ball at some point. So I chatted to them about Dragon Ball and got some cool little deck box dividers at Dragon Ball, which sounds weird, but I was opening a bunch of Keyforge decks over the weekend, and you can fit two of them in a regular deck box. So actually, those dividers were super helpful. I spoke to the company that makes Lightseekers and Age of Sigma. And I'm a little interested by Lightseekers, but I'm keeping up with Pokemon Transformers and Keyforge. And I think keeping up pretty well, incidentally. And I'm now learning the Final Fantasy TCG. Do I, do I need... Do I need Lightseekers as well? The thing is, Lightseekers, you can scan all the cards, and then you can play them on your iPad or your Switch. So I would play that a lot more than I play stuff like Final Fantasy on Octagon or Keyforge on the Crucible, because it's just much easier to just pick up my Switch and play a game. So I'm a little tempted, I'm going to be honest with you. And they gave me some free theme decks and a couple of booster packs. That was cool of them. Made me happy. And I was having just, it's just a fun old time. I found a, a Japanese company of a couple of japanese card games, which look really cool. But anyway, here's the point. I'm uh, walking past Ascension. Apparently, it's a deck-building game that's going for 10 years. I've not heard of it. And it's run by Ultra Pro now. They publish it. And I'm walking past, and it's Nordical-themed, and I'm a Cornish boy, and we like our pirates. So I had a quick glance as I walked past, and the guy said, hey, let me show you Ascension. Do you know it? I'm like, no. He's like, let me show you it. So bearing in mind, I'm walking past, he calls me in to have a look, and I'm all right, let's have a chat. So he's showing me the game, and I'm having a chat with him about it. And then another dude next to him, also from Ultra Pro, just turns around and goes, oh, I was wearing a Dallas Mavericks hat from when I went to Dallas Regionals and went to a Mavs game. You can't go to a Mavs game without wearing a Mavs hat, that's just rude. But it's a super comfy hat, and I think it looks really cool. Although it's got a Mavs symbol on the side, but the main part of the hat on the front is just the Dallas City skyline, with Dallas written underneath it in Mavericks Blue. I love it. It's a great hat. Mavs fan or not. I like the Mavs, but they're very much underneath Charlotte Hornets. Anyway, not the point of the story. So the other guy turns around and goes, when you finish talking to the guy in the Dallas hat, who's clearly not from Dallas, these guys want a word with you. Or words to that effect. But he said it in like a suit, not, not in like a jokey tee-hee-hee, he's not from Dallas kind of way. In like a, why are you wearing that hat if you're not from Dallas kind of way. It came across super rude. So I ignored him and I kept chatting to the dude. And a minute later, I kid you not, this really happened. I'm halfway through a sentence. He's talking to me and he just turns around and starts talking to the people over my shoulder. I don't think, did I tell the story at the beginning of the podcast? I honestly can't remember. I had to take like a three hour break in the middle. Hopefully I didn't. That'd be kind of rude if I did. If I have repeated the story, I apologize. But just know I will never play Ascension. And here's the awkward thing. I use Ultra Pro sleeves. 
I did use Ultra Pro sleeves. To be fair, the last sleeves I bought, I bought a whole bunch of Dragon Shield mat. Uh, Tommy actually came up earlier in the podcast. He was like, Ross, just buy Dragon Shield mat. And I'd had bad experiences with Dragon Shield, but I trust Tommy. And I bought like 300 of them. And then I put in another order at Chaos Cards. Come on, they're the best online card seller. I said that a million times. And I bought another 300. So I'm now in on the apple green Dragon Shield mat. I need to get in touch with Dragon Shield and get a sponsorship thing going. Just get them to send me like several thousand because I have a lot of cards. But I'm now, don't get me wrong. I bought a couple of Transformers deck boxes this week. And they hold 100 cards sleeved which basically means free Keyforge deck sleeved, which is awesome. And they're beautiful. And they're made by Ultra Pro because they've got the license. I can't avoid stuff like that. But when it comes to things like generic sleeves and playmats, I'm not buying Ultra Pro. They have lost a customer by being horrible people. Be nice, ladies and gentlemen. I say it in every video and I say it in every... What did I say in every podcast? I certainly say it in every video. Doesn't take much to be nice. Manners cost nothing. And as we Brits might say, manners maketh the man. Alrighty then, that's enough stories from me. Apologies that it's a couple days late. Apologies we didn't have one last week. But we're keeping going with the podcast. Like I say, especially now that I've quit my job, I really do need to be focusing in on things like the YouTube, things that bring in money. And like that, even saying that sounds bad, but... It is unfortunately the way it is. My focus needs to be on earning enough money doing all of this stuff so that I can continue doing this stuff. And the plan in the short term is that I do, you know, cover teaching probably honestly three or four days a week while doing the YouTube and events and everything else. But then as time goes by, the ratio shifts a little more and a little more and a little more and then... After a while, hopefully, it moves to the point where I'm just not doing cover teaching anymore. And I wake up every morning and I go and do videos and play card games. And and I just spend all of my time playing card games, researching card games, making videos about card games. I know that card games is niche than video games. I get that. But apparently, my niche in life is talking about card games. Honestly... If you'd have asked me when I was in school, yeah, probably would not have seen that coming. I know what the irony is. I spent way too much time in school working. And in hindsight, and my daughter's going to use this argument on me and it ain't going to work. As I'm sure will number two. Have I mentioned I'm having another baby in November? I think I have. If I haven't, second baby in November. Woo! Weird thing is, last time my wife got pregnant, I quit that job to do cover teaching. But then stuff happened. Long story. Boring story. I really should have spent more time in my youth playing card games and less time going to university. Would have got a lot less debt too. That is not life advice. Just a a funny little thing that if I'm successful in what I'm doing, I won't be using my degree and I really should have spent that time and money on card games. Hey ho. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. As always, if you want to get in touch with me, ptcgradio at hotmail.co.uk is a good way to do so. I generally pick up all of my emails. On Twitter, at the Wassy is another way. I don't always respond to every tweet, but I respond to more tweets than anything else other than emails. So if you do want to get in touch with me, they are the two best ways to do so. If you're so inclined, please check out youtube.no, patreon.com, slash... PTCG Radio. That's the best way to support the channel, etc., etc., if that's what you're into. And you don't have to. Absolutely fine. But if you want to, that is the best way to do so. If you want to support the channel, that's probably the way to go about it. And... Oh, there was something else. Yeah, youtube.com slash plays. Like I've said, I'm going to be doing videos about Final Fantasy starting on Sunday. And over the next couple weeks, I'm going to bring a video about this Chrono Clash with Naruto and Godzilla... And there's going to be videos about the God of War board game and these Japanese games I found out about. I'm a little bit excited. I want to branch out. My goal for Wasi Plays by the end of the year was 10,000 subs. And recently, because I've been doing too many kind of Transformers videos and not enough else, although I do still love Transformers, the, the stats have been going a little slow, especially new subs. 
Because the Transformers community is still quite small and everyone apparently is either subbed or doesn't want to. So, you know, we're going to keep going. PTCG Radio will remain Pokemon. And I'm going to do a lot of Sword and Shield stuff on there, incidentally. I've done a couple of videos already. There's going to be lots of TCG stuff. You've seen my channel. You know I'm addicted, obsessed with the um, TCG. But there's going to be more Sword and Shield stuff. Trying to reach out to some new people. But whilst he plays really is my whatever I feel like channel. And basically, the deal is this. If I'm covering games on Wossy Plays, either I love them or I've not had a chance to play them, but they look super interesting. So, you know, something to put out there. As a side note, just before I finish, because I'm doing a very rambly outro at this stage, although we're over an hour, and because I wasn't one last week and it's a couple days late, I felt like at least an hour was needed. One thing I will say, if you're ever starting a YouTube channel, don't pigeonhole yourself. Just don't do it. Leave yourself open to being whatever you want to be. Because when I do non-Pokemon stuff on PTCG Radio, people get angry. Whereas on Wossy Plays, I've set that up to be well, whatever I want it to be. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do for now. As always, huge thank you for listening and getting involved and, and all of that, ladies and gentlemen. It's fun. So yeah. Good times. Let's say... Sorry, I've completely lost my train of thought here. Thank you very much for listening and all of that good stuff. Look after yourselves till next time. Do be nice. My name's Ross, and you've been listening to PTCG Radio.